Well, folks, welcome to Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. This is an abbreviated version of our program on KPFT. This morning, we had some technical difficulties attempting to get the signal from the, from the control room to the 100,000 watt transmitter. And to mitigate that, we, we, we waited, we waited to try to get it up, but it's an ISP uh, IP problem that has to be resolved thereafter. But anyhow, folks, we're going to have a short abbreviated program right now to go ahead and bring two of the subjects or three of the subjects that we really wanted to uh, bring on in, in, in the first place. Anyhow, first subject title of the show today is as follows. Two red states, Democrat politician, Democratic politicians has some advice for Biden and Hunter Biden's informants exposed. Turns out these two red state Democrats have some excellent advice for how Biden should campaign in their states and around the country. The Hunter Biden informant was a Chinese agent. So all everything that was banked on this guy came falling down in the last few days, last few hours, actually. So as it turns out, Republicans hit another donut hole in their attempt to bring Hunter Biden into the fold to damage the president of the United States. Anyhow, folks, I'll, I'll go ahead and get started immediately with the red state issue. Check this out and we'll take it on the other side. There are two red state Democrats that have a message for Biden on how to win or come close in one state and maybe just bring a few others in another one. One's a former senator, one's a former congressperson. And, you know, these are middle of the road kind of Democrats, not the particular kind of Democrats that we know are there to, to do what we expect them to do. But check out what they say. I think it has a whole lot of merit. And if Biden kind of coalesced towards a message like that, I think maybe um, he could actually affect a, a landslide. Check this out. Donald Trump is still on his way to being the Republican nominee unless some of this message breaks through with the MAGA crowd and with uh, uh, Main Street Republicans who are willing to step up. And so, you know, we've got a long way to go, but I think we're going to know a lot more by the end of the year. Whomever the Republican nominee is, Tim, don't they need to figure out how they're going to hit Joe Biden? Because I watch day in and day out and don't they kind of need to pick a lane, right? He can't be sleepy Joe who's too old for the job. And at the same time, he's high on cocaine, right? He can't be senile <laughs> and a puppet. And at the same time, running a secret crime family or running over Kevin McCarthy on debt ceiling negotiations. So which is it? <laughs> Well, I don't know. They're going to have to pick and something tells me they're not all going to be aligned on that. I think the president, the administration, I think those running for reelection here in Ohio with Senator Brown and, and others and Tester and Manchin, these guys, you got to talk about what has happened. We have the greatest reindustrialization happening in the United States since basically World War II. And we see it right here in Ohio. We see auto plant, electric vehicle plants. We see battery plants. We see natural gas power plants. We see chip manufacturing, all directly connected to the uh, idea that we are going to reindustrialize the United States of America and create good paying jobs. A lot of these jobs are union jobs. The Intel chip manufacturing plant in, just outside of Columbus, Ohio, 7,000 union construction jobs for the next five years 
Steph. And then for the next 10 years, it's going to be at least 5,000, hundreds of billions of dollars in investment. Uh, the president needs to take credit for that. It's actually hitting home now. It's not a hypothetical. And let these guys go run around and talk about some of the insanity that, that they've been talking about. It's not going to resonate. Average people will vote their pocketbook. And if they see these initiatives hitting the ground in their own states, they're going to reward those senators and they're going to reward the administration. Are they seeing it? Heidi, take us to North Dakota, right? Tim just laid out a whole bunch of huge achievements that this administration um, can boast about. But do, do voters know that? How do people in North Dakota feel? What are they saying about President Biden? I think that they're concerned and, and they're conservative. And so um, uh, they aren't naturally going to support a Democratic candidate. And so he has a big lift to try and get beyond the D label and get to people to listen to what he's done and what he's accomplished. And it's interesting because even the governor who is running for president, who talks about how, you know, how destructive Biden has been, he's been more than willing to pursue those inflation reductions dollars for clean energy that were only delivered by the Democratic Party. And so when you when you look at where the, the state like North Dakota is, is probably not a good example. The one thing I would add to what Tim just said is, look, we used to run away from the culture wars. We used to say, OK, we want to talk about the economy because we think the economy is always better under Democrats and we do a better job. We have a better argument. Now, all of a sudden, with the Dobbs decision and with a number of the other kind of demographic changes and more acceptance of um, uh, gay and lesbian rights, you're seeing a change in how Democrats are talking about culture as well. And so I think that these two factors are both weighing in favor of the Democratic Party. But we have to acknowledge that Joe Biden has record low approval ratings, and those approval ratings have to get back up if he's going to win re-election. Tim, what are voters in Ohio saying about President Biden? You just walked through a ton of great achievements he's had right there in your state. Yeah, I would say that he, he's not getting and I think Democrats are not getting the the, the kudos um, because, you know, you got to have the campaign. And I think it's got to be an energetic campaign. I don't I, I think most people, honestly, Steph, would like two new people to be the nominees for the two parties. I mean, I but just why? think people you, you are ready. You just walked me through all of those extraordinary achievements, right? We we laughed at, at, at President Trump's, infra, you know, 15 different infrastructure weeks. President Biden yeah. got an infrastructure bill turned into law in a bipartisan way. Look, I, I voted for it and I supported it. You know, I pushed that most of my career, so... You know, it is what it is. I think it's going to happen the way it's going to happen. So it's going to probably be Trump Biden again, if I had to guess. And I think there's a lot of significant initiatives that he that he pushed that are actually doing in the American heartland in Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, these key states that we need to, to win going down into Georgia. Those states are benefiting significantly from the infrastructure bill. The Inflation Reduction Act, the rescue packages, all the local government funds that these local governments are passing out now for key projects that haven't gotten done for 30 or 40 years. Here's the only thing I would say. This has got to be a robust and vigorous campaign. It needs to be on the ground. It needs to be energetic. It can't be the Rose Garden strategy. 
and we're going to we're going to cut ribbons. It's got to people want to get excited about what the future of America is going to look like. And the president is very well positioned to articulate that. And, and he's got the initiatives behind him. <laughs> Talking, I said earlier you could affect a landslide, and I I could just see the giggles all over. The truth of the matter, I think, if the fever happens to break around the time of the election, if people start to realize that what the Republican Party has been preaching over the last several decades is just bunk again, um, you know, we had a president that talked about Infrastructure Week, but Biden gets it. We had a president that talked about helping the the poor, giving them the kinds of subsidies they need for uh, getting ahead, a hand up. Uh, Trump never really did it per se. Uh, just maybe it may click. And if it clicks at just the right time, uh, as Tim Ryan says, though, uh, he needs to go out there and vigorously campaign. And I think that'll do the magic. We Absolutely. So that'll do the magic. Okay, folks, the next subject that we want to cover is, well, you know, that story, Hunter Biden, that everybody, everybody uh, in the MAGA crowd thought that's going to be the Biden killer. Well, 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 we have some news for you. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Oops, it turns out that that guy that had all this information about Hunter Biden, he is a Chinese agent. You know, earlier today on one of my shows, we had somebody who kept on saying, you know, there are people out there talking about Hunter Biden and they have solid information and and they're going to find them. Well, it turns out that that solid information that they had came from a Chinese, a, a, a guy who was working for the Chinese government. And he was completely discredited. And earlier today, we had another congressman, a former Republican congressman, who came out and stated that there are forensic to prove that all that information that's been spoken about on Hunter Biden's laptop was nothing more than bunk. But check this out. And then we'll take it on the other side. Republicans, right? They were going on and on for quite some time about Hunter Biden's right. whistleblower. Right. This whistleblower who is going to just tell yes. us all the horrible things he had been up to. That whistleblower has just been indicted by the Department of Justice for what? For being an unregistered foreign agent. Yeah. I want to share with you what House Oversight Chair James Comer said to Newsmax this weekend about this very person, this very important whistleblower. He's very credible. And the people on MSNBC who made fun of me when I said uh, we had an informant that was missing, they should feel like fools right now. Uh, and this is their worst nightmare because, uh, again, this is a credible witness that the FBI flew all the way to Brussels to interview and sent several agents to interview. For facts sake, their whistleblower right. has just been indicted 
by the government. What is going on? So here's what's so interesting about this. I've been in politics. You've been in uh, politics and business for a while. We know that the best political attacks, the most effective political attacks are those that are rooted in facts. Um, and that is what has been uh, absent from this entire yes, debate, from the clip that you just saw and the attacks that we are seeing um, from um, from Jim Jordan and others on the Hill right now. What we have all been focused on today is this letter that David Weiss sent to Lindsey Graham um, today about um, this alleged whistleblower. Stephanie, let me just step back and say I spent two years at the Justice Department. The attorney general once told me that it's not just enough to do justice. Uh, it's not just enough to do justice. We have to appear to do justice. And so wh- what does that look like? It means putting in place people and processes to ensure that the rule of law is reinfused into every aspect of the department. That's what happened in this uh, David Weiss investigation of Hunter Biden. Think about this. This is a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. If the shoe were on the other foot, can you imagine Donald Trump keeping in place an Obama-appointed U.S. attorney like Barb McQuaid to investigate one of his children? It just wouldn't have happened. So tell me, tell me, what is it going to take for those on the right wing who are betting their lives that there's something nefarious about, about Hunter Biden's relationship with the Chinese that, that implicates his dad into doing favors, etc.? I mean, it's amazing. No evidence, and they're falling completely on their face. But you know what? Don't believe that those who are committed to that particular lie won't try to spin this in some fashion or the other. But the fact remains, it was always bunk. We said it was bunk, and now it has been proven to be bunk. We And a- now it has proven to be bunk. Folks, I don't know why we do it. Last subject on the last subject that we're going to cover here rather quick is what we are going to call that that outrageous pricing that we have for the new drugs. Check this out. There's a new drug that came out, right? Well, it's, you know, they've been working on it for a while for Alzheimer's and they want Americans to pay $26,500 per year for this drug. Sanders went ahead and he started to raise hell. He says, uh, he raises concerns over outrageous prices of the new Alzheimer drugs. Not only does the high price of Lequimbi threaten Medicare's finances, it will also negatively impact seniors on fixed incomes suffering from Alzheimer's who simply cannot afford to pay. Again, we always have that pay for play. Senator Bernie Sanders on Monday reiterated his concerns over the staggering price tag of a new approved uh, Alzheimer's Medicare uh, medication after the Biden administration failed to respond to his letter last month, urging swift executive action to force down the cost. In a new letter to Health and Human Services Secretary Javier uh, uh, Vasera, Sanders wrote that the current $26,500 price for Lequimbe is outrageous and demanded that Biden the Biden administration explain why the cost of this drug cannot be reduced to $8,900, which is the price independent experts believe it should cost based on its effectiveness. Sanders, the chair of the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Health Committee, 
raised particular alarm over the drug's possible impact on Medicare finances. Shortly after the Food and Drug Administration approved Lequimbi last week, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services announced that Medicare will cover the treatment broadly, a contrast from its decision last year to limit coverage of Adulhem, a different high-priced Alzheimer's drug. KFF estimates that if 5% of people with Alzheimer's disease use Lequimbi, also known as Lakenemab, Medicare's annual outlays for the IV infusion uh, would be $8.9 billion, a spending increase that would push premiums up for all Medicare recipients. In other words, that $8 billion, $8.9 billion is a transfer of wealth from all of us, including higher premiums to those rich fat cats who said, hey, people get Alzheimer's. We can make a ton of money off of their illness. See why I said we that this type of stuff, medic, medical expenses do not belong in the private sector because since it is something that people want, they need, I'm ill, I want to get cured, we will pay anything for it. They know it and they bilk us for it, even as all of the research that go into all of these devices ultimately has a public component. The researchers were educated many times by public universities. The, the company's investment in, in uh, these drugs many a times are covered by grants and universities. And moreover, even if they do some research themselves, if they lose money, they never lose money. Why? Because all that money that they lose is written off on their taxes, on the profits of other drugs. So it's a lie to you. Whenever you hear they're not going to in, uh, invest, invent new drugs, if, if you don't allow them to uh, overcharge you, it's a lie. But it's a lie that, that's not only known by like myself and many others, it's a lie known by the government, it's a lie known by everybody, it's a bunch of people fixing the cost of these drugs to transfer the wealth, to extract the wealth and give it to a few. We have to stop this. We have to stop this. As Sanders wrote, not only does the high price of Lequimbi threaten Medicare finances, it will also negatively impact seniors on fixed incomes suffering from Alzheimer's who simply cannot afford to pay the 20% copay of more than $5,000 a year for this drug. With a median income of about $30,000 a year for seniors and Medicare to purchase, the purchase of this drug would amount to over one-sixth of their income. Just that one drug, not their entire healthcare bill, just that one drug. That is unacceptable, the senator continued. A prescription drug is not effective if a patient who needs that drug cannot afford it. Worse, it's not like that drug is so effective that it deserves the price. You know, it, the drug industry is the only people that charge you for lack of performance. In other words, they have a drug that may help somebody live 30 days more, 60 days more on the aggregate. And they feel for that, they are willing to charge the arm and a leg. That is ridiculous. If I have a drug that's going to give me 60 more days on earth, I will give my daughter, my wife, and all my loved ones a big hug and say, I love you guys. You know what? I love you so much that it's time for me to go and you go ahead and take that income that they would have ripped off from you to the drug companies. Please use that to have a better life. Please use that to soothe the pain of losing me because I would have been lost anyway. Folks, we have to stop it. We have to stop this thievery. We have to stop this thuggish behavior by those who control our healthcare. We have to have healthcare for all. We have to take 
this country, not take this country back. We have to take this country away from those who have used us, nothing more than slaves, indentured slave, uh, indentured servants, and antiseptic slaves. We have to do better. We can do better. We must elect progressives who actually think about humanity before they think about anything else. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.